You're listening to the Redeemer London podcast. For more information, visit our website at redeemerlondon.org. The fruit of the Spirit is faithfulness. The fruit of the Spirit is faithfulness. Faithful isn't faithful unless it's dependable. And Lord, I don't feel I qualify. Faithful sounds daily. Faithful sounds every day, rising with no need to apologise. Faithful isn't faithful unless it's consistent. And Lord, my consistency's low. Faithful sounds predictable, someone reliable. And Lord, you know that's touch and go. Lord, grant me a spirit of someone who's faithful. Someone who'll last till the end. Someone like you, who when the going gets tough, gets going and dies for his friends. Lord, grant me your spirit full to the brim, reliably and consistently there, so that I may be faithful to you and to those you have placed in my care. Hey church, today we're reading from Galatians chapter 5 verses 16 to 26. So I say, live by the Spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the flesh desires what is contrary to the Spirit and the Spirit what is contrary to the flesh. They are in conflict with each other so that you are not to do whatever you want. But if you're led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. The acts of the flesh are obvious, sexual immorality, impurity and debauchery, idolatry and witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissensions, factions and envy, drunkenness, orgies and the like. I warn you, as I did before, that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness and self-control. Against such things there is no law. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking and envying each other. Great. Thanks, Kayla. It's so good to look at the the Bible. We believe it's God's words together. Photographers, advertisers and others seem to recognise and appreciate the value of contrast. If you want a landscape or people or products, images or ideas to stand out, obviously you often you have this sort of contrast and, and it really makes something stand out. Paul, in this passage, you could say, has had this contrast. There are the acts of the sinful nature and the fruit of the spirit. I'm going to suggest this morning that the biggest contrast possible in the whole list is faithfulness. You see, we live in a society that is quick to compromise. Politicians chase victory. Even pastors can change theology. Sports people can take enhancing drugs. Workplaces where we lie and bend the rules 
Social media, where we paint a different picture in public than our lives are in private. The tragedy is that compromise destroys trust and produces cynicism. We become independent and therefore lonely. I would suggest that intimacy is only possible. Uh, sorry, intimacy is impossible if I'm only faithful to myself. Faithfulness. Maybe is a quality we admire, but struggle with ourselves. What is faithfulness? Faithfulness is to be faithful. Faithful is to be trustworthy, to keep your promise, to follow through. It's to be loyal, one in whom I can depend. Faithfulness is to have your word unreservedly accepted, to be consistent, the same in public and private. Faithfulness is a character you can rely on all the time. I guess the opposite of faithfulness is opportunistic. We exploit the immediate regardless of planning or principles. Faithfulness. In his book, Sanderson, that he wrote a book with the fruit of the spirit, he said faithfulness is an indispensable mark of a Christian. Without it, the Christian testimony is only hypocritical. Faithfulness, therefore, is core to who we are. Mm. And I believe that faithfulness flows from our faith in God. For example, suppose, um, let's just think about Moses. Moses was a, a counter in the Old Testament. We read about him in Hebrews, Hebrews chapter 3. This is a book in the New Testament reflecting on the Old Testament. It says, therefore, holy brothers and sisters who share in the heavenly calling, fix your thoughts on Jesus, whom we acknowledge as our apostle and high priest. He was faithful to the one who appointed him, just as Moses was faithful in all God's house. So actually, it's almost saying to the church, come on, I want you to be faithful. Jesus was faithful. But also think of this example, Moses. When you stop and think about Moses, he didn't have an easy time. He was challenged about his leadership. <laughs> he was challenged about the food that he gave. I don't know how you found feeding people, you know, this lockdown. You know, everybody's always eating at home all the time. The people grumbled. They said, we want meat. There was confusion about spiritual gifts that had caused arguments. There was criticism from his own family about the lady that he'd married. There was discouragement from the majority of spies that had gone into the land. There was a grumbling and rebellion from the people. There was even death threats against Moses. In fact, there was a mutiny of key tribal leaders. But Moses was faithful. Mm. And I think he's an example to us. When I was a boy, one of the books that I loved reading was called The Cross and the Switchblade. And it was about this sort of young Christian pastor that, that went into New York and there was all these gangs. The book uh, was written by David Wilkinson. He says this, our faith is not meant to get us out of a hard place or change our painful condition. Rather, it is meant to reveal God's faithfulness to us in the midst of dire situations. So I'm aware that there'll be tough times for people watching today, but you can be assured that God is faithful. Yes. You see, the fruit and the roots of faithfulness 
I believe, come out of the character of God. God is faithful. I wish uh, I, if you watched the kids one, you saw Abby had Levi and Zachary and she said, come on, say after me. I wish I could get you all to say now, come on, God is faithful. Some of you may have done it. God is faithful. Right at the start of the Bible, we discover that when Isaac's servant goes and looks for a wife, finds one, God answers that his prayer in Genesis 24, the servant does this. It says, the man bowed down and worshipped the Lord, saying, praise be to the Lord, the God of my master Abraham, who has not abandoned his kindness and faithfulness. Right in the first book of the Bible, they were saying, God, you are a faithful God. The hymn book of the Old Testament, the Jewish people, God's people, on many occasions sings of the faithfulness of God. One of them is Psalm 100, verse 5. For the Lord is good and his love endures forever. His faithfulness continues through all generations. And so we get this picture in the Bible of a faithful God. Now, what I find even more powerful than that is that we also get a picture in the Bible of a people that are not always faithful. The prophet Hosea says in chapter four, verse one, there is no faithfulness, no love, no acknowledgement of God in the land. And so it's like you've got a faithful God, but a faithless people. Even Paul who, who wrote in the New Testament to Timothy in 2 Timothy 3 says, if we're faithless, he remains faithful, yes. for he cannot disown himself. C.H. Spurgeon, he was an English Baptist minister, preacher in the 1800s. He says, the glory of God's faithfulness is that no sin of ours can ever make him unfaithful. I love that. It doesn't matter how bad I am. God is still faithful. And, and you get this picture throughout the Old Testament. It ends, obviously, the book of Revelation of God being like a bridegroom and his people, his bride. He loves them. Mm. I know Mark and Abby are watching this morning celebrating 12 years of faithful marriage. It's a picture. Nikki and I will uh, celebrate 28 years of marriage this week. I know she doesn't look old enough. But the reality is, you can say, we made that promise. It's often a picture of faithfulness. When God rescued the slaves out of Egypt, it says in Exodus 19, you will be my treasured possession. The people were used to being slaves. They were used to functional obedience, but God is relational, tender and faithful. I want you to know God is still faithful today. That's the God that we worship. That's the God that we sing about, a faithful God. So what are some of the obstacles to us being faithful? I so often see myself in the people of the Old Testament and the New. God is faithful. Why do I not get faithful? Why can I not be faithful always to other people? Why do I find this so hard? Well, I think one, if we're really honest, we live in a society that values and loves rapid change. 
I was just thinking about this morning, we had never done a service online till 18 weeks ago when suddenly the universities closed down because of COVID. And here we we all go, flexible. And in many respects, it's a great strength. But I guess the challenge is that we're always chasing the new. We want a new sofa. (laughs) There's a hint, isn't there? New job, new house, new life. I think sometimes that can challenge us always to be chasing something new and not to remain faithful. I think if we're really honest, we live in a society which until maybe just recently is beginning to change. So many things have been disposable. Disposable razors, cutlery. They even had disposable tents. I know that that all sort of got done, didn't it? People going to festivals and just abandoning the tents when they went home. Now with the environment, I think we're probably thinking a bit more about it. But the danger I sometimes think is the disposable they get rid of flows in. And so we have disposable friends, disposable partners. I guess the honest truth is there's a cost to faithfulness. What's the incentive? Well, why do you want to keep... Let's be honest, my wallet is full of plastic cards because come back and drink coffee here. (laughs) You know, buy on us because it's almost like, what's the incentive? There's a cost. If we're really honest, we can be independent, pragmatic selfishness, ends-based thinking, what's best for me? Maybe it's hard to be faithful because we want to be popular. And therefore, we change very quickly. G.K. Chesterton, he was an English writer over 100 years ago. But he said this, those who marry the spirit of the age will find themselves widows in the next. It's almost like we can chase something immediate and then suddenly think, oh, golly. We're lonely and isolated in the future. What are some of the obstacles that you find to being faithful. See, Jesus, I believe, challenges the people that were around him and would challenge us to faithfulness. I find it really provocative. In the Bible, Jesus is tender to the poor, the widow, the orphan, the stranger, the alien, and he challenges the Pharisee. He confronts the Pharisees in Matthew 23, Woe to you, teachers of the law and Pharisees, you hypocrites. You give a tenth of your spices, mint, dill and cumin, but you've rejected the more important matters of the law, justice, mercy and faithfulness. Fascinating, isn't it? He was saying it's almost like well, you've done your tithing, but are you faithful? I think I wondered how Jesus would say that to me. I read this story this week about John Eglin. John Eglin, you know him? John Eglin had never preached a sermon in his life. In England in 1850 in Colchester on a snowy day, it was a Sunday morning, he puts his boots on and walks six miles to church in the snow. It was a Methodist church. There was only 13 people there on that Sunday, 12 members and one guest, a 13-year-old boy. Because John was the deacon and the pastor had not turned up, everyone looked to John to preach his first sermon. (laughs) It lasted a whole 10 minutes. But he said this, look to Jesus. The 13-year-old boy said, 
Darkness rolled away and I saw the sun. That 13-year-old boy was C.H. Spurgeon, who I quoted earlier. The faithfulness of John to preach for 10 minutes led to a guy who became known as the Prince of Preachers and had the largest church in London. We are to be those that cultivate, cultivate faithfulness. Remember God's abiding presence. Make and keep your promises as an act of worship. Tell the truth in love. Be a faithful friend who does not just say what they want to hear. Polycarp. He was a bishop in Greece in the second century. And uh, as an old man in his 80s, they asked him to renounce his faith, give up following Jesus Christ. He said this, 86 years have I served Christ, nor has he done me ever harm. How could I blaspheme my king who saved me? They went on to burn him at the stake. Unfortunately, the fire did not kill him, so they stabbed him. But he said, I will remain faithful to God because he has been faithful to me. See, I believe faithfulness, this challenge for us, I believe that it will impact us for eternity. Mm. You might say, hang on, Pete, there's nine fruits. You're going strong on this one, aren't you? Well, again, if you look at the words of Jesus, he tells the parable of the talents, where somebody's given five talents, two talents, and one talents to three people. In Matthew 25, the master replied, Well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. I would like to suggest I find this hard to swallow myself. When we get to heaven, I think God will be more interested in whether we've been faithful than successful. And sometimes we can get so locked up into the success that we think we've achieved. Whereas I think actually God is looking for a faithful people. Yes. I've read another story this week. I've read lots of stories this week. I've really enjoyed pulling this one together. There was a, a, a missionary couple that had served God for their whole life in Africa. This was years ago. And they were on the boat going back to New York where they were going to retire. Well, it just so happened that on the boat was President Roosevelt. It was a few years ago. Everybody noticed the president. You know what I'm saying? The captain's welcoming here and, and they're all doing like this. And, and, and to be honest, the husband was getting a bit grumpy about it. When they hit the dock in New York, the mayor was there to welcome the president. <laughs> Nobody noticed this missionary couple that had faithfully given themselves all their life. In fact, he, he had such a bad mood about it. He said to his wife, I can't believe that God's forgotten me. His wife said, you're just grumbling. Why don't you go and talk to God? So he goes and prays in his bedroom. When he comes out of the bedroom, his face has changed. And he just says, God says we're not home yet. Wow. Because I believe when we get home to heaven, that's when God rewards faithfulness. Mm. Hey, there's many things I'd like to say. I know that my time has slipped by this morning. I wanted us to do Great is Thy Faithfulness. This is based on Lamentations chapter 3. Because of the Lord's great love for us, we are not consumed, for his compassions never fail. They are new 
every morning, great is your faithfulness. That then inspired the hymn, the first verse I'm going to read to you. Great is thy faithfulness, O God, my Father. There is no shadow of turning with thee. Thou changest not, thy compassions they fail not. As thou hast been, thou forever wilt be. Great is thy faithfulness. 